Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Christ is risen. Do you know that is powerful to hear that, especially after two years with things being so different. You know, two years ago, the first Easter in the midst of the whole COVID thing when things were really shut down, I had two great teammates, and that was just us. There was Jeremy and Dell and a camera. And so you can say, Christ is risen, and it was just kind of like, quiet. This is great. It is so wonderful to gather and to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, to celebrate this moment in time nearly 2,000 years ago. So as we celebrate this moment in time, I have a question for you. The question is this. When have you experienced something that changed everything? Think about that just for a moment. You know, if you haven't had a lot of coffee, maybe the wheels aren't quite turning yet. If you miss getting here early enough to have a cinnamon roll, maybe you need a little nourishment. But when have you experienced something that changed everything? Let me give you an example. It was freshman orientation at Concordia University in Portland, Oregon. I was not a freshman. I was a junior. It's a transfer. But I was hanging out with all the freshmen. And doing all the freshman orientation kind of things you do. As you have some fun, you get to know some people, you kind of get acclimated to this new setting that you're going to be in in college. It was one of the last events in the evening playing volleyball on the athletic field. And on the opposing team was this young lady with long hair and a beautiful smile. I don't remember much about the game. (laughs) I just remember the long hair and a beautiful smile. And the opportunity of thinking, I'm going to meet her. Well, you know, after this event, some of those were upperclassmen, and one was my RA. You know, they were going to gather together all those who wanted to go and see a movie, to go see a movie. So they got us all together, and unbeknownst to me, already some people were scheming, planning, devising things. So when we arrived at the movie theater and sat down, I sat down next to this girl with long hair and a beautiful smile. And we saw the movie... It was number two of um, Back to the Future. That kind of dates things, I know. <laughs> and I'd seen it at least once or twice already. And even if I had only never seen it before, I was more interested in the girl with long hair and a beautiful smile. In fact, she said, you looked so creepy looking at me. <laughs> and of course, you know, that, that, that moment changed everything because a little more than two years later, we were married. And that changed everything for me. It changed the way that I saw the world. It changed the way that I understood and saw myself in the world. It changed everything. When have you experienced something that changed everything? Well, let me go to something maybe a little more recent for myself. You know, if you've heard me, you know, talk before, you know that one of the things in my childhood that I hated and despised above anything else Lima beans. I hate lima beans. They're disgusting. You can never convince me that they're anything good about lima beans at all. But there was another vegetable that I hated almost as much as lima beans. It was this little kind of spherical thing, green, and usually kind of mushy, gushy, and bitter. Yeah, some of you know that Brussels sprouts, those are disgusting. They're just, why would you eat those? But a few years ago, as part of the menu item that I ordered, they served Brussels sprouts. But these were different. 
They had roasted the Brussels sprouts. Oh, I tell you what, roasted Brussels sprouts is so much better because they're, they're crisp and it, and it takes the, the natural sugars in there and it just brings them a sense of sweetness. Uh, that was, it was good. But you know what really, really made the difference? Yeah, bacon. I heard it, bacon. That changed everything. For now, from now on, Brussels sprouts will never be seen the same way ever again. Brussels sprouts. I mean, they're not my favorite, but I can, I can experience Brussels sprouts and say, with bacon, roasted Brussels sprouts, those are pretty good. We have those moments that change everything. It had been three days. Three really long days. And they were gathered behind closed doors. They were terrified. They were uncertain. They had experienced something that had changed everything. Their friend, their teacher, the one they thought was the Messiah, the Savior, he had been arrested and then crucified on the cross. He died there and then they they took down his body, his limp, lifeless body, and they wrapped it in the linen cloth. And in haste, because the sun was setting and they needed to do this before the Sabbath, they placed his lifeless body in the tomb. And quickly they put the stone in front of the tomb and made their way back to hiding because they were terrified. They thought they too would be arrested. That They too may be executed. When Jesus died, Hope died. When Jesus died, hope died. That moment changed everything for them. All that they had expected, all the things that they were dreaming were going to happen, were suddenly dead. They gather behind locked doors, terrified, uncertain, remembering, grieving. Three long days. The Sabbath is now over. It's Sunday morning. And early in the morning, I mean early, like before the crack of dawn kind of early, like get up and have a couple extra cups of coffee kind of early, the women begin preparing the spices they had purchased in order to finish their tradition for anointing the body. The women, Mary, Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, Joanna, and then Luke tells us some other women. I don't know who they are. Other women. But this group of women, they get up early in the morning. They get up early in the morning and they gather the spices and they prepare to make their way to the tomb. Now, earlier that morning, there had been an earthquake. I don't know if you've ever experienced an earthquake before. You know, it can be a terrifying experience. But imagine, you know, for them, they're, they're on edge. And so the earthquake happens, and this happens in this part of the world a lot, and it just rattles their nerves. But they get up and they gather the spices and they're making their way to the tomb. Now, we don't know, you know, if they're having a long conversation as they're making way there. They're asking, you know, what are we going to do after this? You know, what, what's going to happen next? They're probably wondering, you know, how are we going to move this big stone out of the way? What they had yet to discover, that that earthquake, that earthquake was not an ordinary earthquake. That earthquake was 
a messenger of God, an angel of God coming down and moving the stone out of the way. So when they arrive at the tomb, they get there and they see that the stone has been moved out of the way. And thoughts got to be racing through their minds. I mean, whether they're saying these, you know, out loud to one another or just thinking them to themselves, they're got to be wondering, like, it's a trap. They're going to get us. They're going to get us. We're going to be arrested and we're going to be executed too. Or maybe they're thinking, you know, like, someone stole his body. Maybe this is the end of the world. Whatever it is, they're brave enough to go inside the tomb to see what's going on. And they look inside the tomb, and he's not there. His body is gone. The linen cloths that they had wrapped around his body are neatly folded where his body was at. And then suddenly, standing right beside them, Luke tells us, is two men. They were angels, by the way. Two angels, messengers of God, standing right beside them. It says the light was like brilliant light, like light cascading down on them. And they were terrified. I don't know about you, but if I was kind of already dismayed and trying to figure things out and wasn't, you know, quite paying attention to my peripheral view, and suddenly right beside me was two, like, I imagine, gigantic guys with brilliant light, I would be terrified too. And they fall to the ground terrified. And then these angels say these words to the women. And let's, let's read these words together. Why are you looking among the dead for the living one? He is not here. He has been brought back to life. He's not here. He is risen. And then they go on to say, don't you remember what he said to you when he was with you in Galilee? That the anointed one, the promised Savior, that he would be handed over to wicked men, that he would die and in three days rise again. Just imagine, there's just like that, that pregnant pause as they're starting to kind of take this all in. Imagine they're, because you know, again, they're down on the ground and they start to look at each other like, and they're starting to think, wait, we remember what he said. And they, and they stand up and they're like, I mean, I just think like, oh my do you think it's going to be true? Is he alive? I don't know. I mean, if he's alive, if he's alive that changes everything. I, you know, and what do they do next? Well, I mean, they might have taken a casual stroll back to the room with the other people all locked up because they're terrified. Because in their minds, the event that changed everything was Jesus' death. Hope died. I'm guessing that they probably, you know, picked up their garments as best as they could, and they're running as fast as they can, out of breath, kind of talking about, I don't know, he's alive, can you believe he's alive? I don't know, what does that mean? When are we going to see him? And they get there, and they get to the door, and they forget the secret knock, and they're just pounding on the door, let us in! And they come in, and they're like, and they tell the eleven and the others, you were going to believe it, he's alive, could you believe it? he's alive? I don't know, he saw angels, and Tim was he's alive, my God, and... Well, that's how I envision it. I don't know how you envision it. I don't envision they come in calmly and say, uh, 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 11 and others, we just want you to know that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. Well, that's what the angels told us. I imagine they're just overwhelmed. I mean, have you ever been so excited that you just stumble over your words? So excited that you're just out of breath? And the 11 and the others that were in the room, they're like, this is a bunch of hogwash. You guys have had too much coffee this morning. 
You know, you're making up stories. You don't know what you're talking about. But this is Peter is sitting there, and his wheels are starting to turn. You know? Peter, who's known for being kind of bold, impetuous. And I kind of wonder, you know, is Peter thinking back to some of the conversations that he and Jesus and the disciples had had, you know, days, weeks, and years before? Maybe he's thinking back to one of the times when Jesus was asking the disciples, you know, who do you say that I am? And he says, you know, Peter was the one who said, you, you are the Christ. You are the promised Savior. And Jesus says, you're right, Peter. And then Jesus goes on to say, now this is what it means. The promised Savior, the, the anointed one, he's going to be betrayed and handed over to wicked men. He's going to die, and he's going to rise again. And Peter says, there's no way. We'll never let that happen. And then Jesus rebukes Peter. And I kind of wonder if Peter's thinking back on that, and then he's starting to wonder. I mean, the sense of, oh my, could this be true? And then Peter, Peter runs to the grave, and he dashes right inside there. Don't hit your head, Peter. And he looks inside, and he sees just what the woman see, saw. The tomb is empty. The linen cloths lie folded where the body, the lifeless body of Jesus had been. And Peter walks out of the tomb, and he's beginning to really ponder and wonder. And I can imagine he's just thinking to himself, what does this mean? If Jesus, if he's alive, what does that mean? That changes everything. Christ is risen. He is risen and that changes everything. Everything in this world can change. Everything in this world can change. But Jesus is alive. Because he is alive, hope is eternal. Because Jesus is alive, hope is eternal. Because Jesus is alive, that changes everything. For the disciples and on all the others that were gathered there, and Mary and Mary and Joanna and the other women, all of those that were gathered there, they had been gathered behind locked doors. They were terrified. They were uncertain. Hope had been dead. But now Jesus is alive, and that changes everything. Before they had been fearful. Now, now they are certain. Before they had been hopeless, now they are filled with hope. Before they locked themselves behind closed doors now, and in, in time as Jesus would reveal himself again and again to them, they no longer even fear death, but are willing to give their life to tell others this good news that changes everything. You know, sometimes our world, sometimes our, our world that is so crazy and so uncertain, not just in the last couple years, but, but throughout all of history and throughout moments in our lives, things seem, well, sometimes they seem like Brussels sprouts. It's bitter and mushy in a similar way. And think about Jesus' resurrection, it's like roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon. It changes everything. Are the Brussels sprouts still there? Yes, they are. But it changes everything. Is the brokenness and the uncertainty and the confusion and the craziness of this world and life still here? Yes. But a risen Savior, a living Savior, changes everything. Everything in this world can change. But 
Jesus is alive, and because he is alive, hope is eternal. You know, Holy Savior, we talk about that we are about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Growing in Jesus and sharing his love means we grow in this, this hope and this certainty of what his death means for us, what his life means for us, that hope is living. And we share the love just like those disciples did long, long ago. We share that love in our community of believers. We share that love as we go out to make a difference in the lives of people in our community, in Lincoln, and all around the world. So here's a, an Easter kind of challenge for us. Really not just Easter, because every day he's got Brussels sprouts. Some days more so than others. Some days might even have lima beans. I mean, I'll have to try that with bacon to see. But in a seemingly hopeless world, how will you look to Jesus to be your hope? In a seemingly hopeless world, how will you look to Jesus to be your hope? If you're like me, that's something I really have to ask myself every day. Sometimes more than once a day. Once in an hour. Because what's going on in the world that seems hopeless and uncertain and crazy, I need that certainty, that hope, that living Savior, Jesus. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.